Okay, you guys, we're here today spreading love and liberty again on The Dad Presents. And in a minute, we're going to have Clint Russell from the Liberty Lockdown podcast on the show. He's a terrific guy, terrific show. You're going to love his points of view. But for guests, blah, blah, blah. but first, don't forget to support our sponsors. We got sheathunderwear.com, the sleekest underwear on the planet. Use code word DAD for 20% off. These underwear are guaranteed to make your peen grow at least two inches, or the owner of the company will give you your money back. We got the expatmoneyshow.com. It's the second greatest podcast on the planet. Uh, number two to the Joe Rogan experience, obviously. Obviously not talking about this shit show. We got Digistore 24 Crypto Management. Get the best crypto advice on the planet. Go to thedadpresents.com slash crypto course. With inflation going the way it is, pretty soon it's going to be cheaper to heat your house by burning dollar bills than trying to buy actual fuel with dollar bills. So take this course and learn how to turn your dollars into crypto gold. And finally, a little self-promo, buy my books on Amazon. You can see this one right behind me. It's called Broken. There's also Daddy versus the Suck Monster. Uh, pretty good books if I do say so myself. And we've got a fun parenting website called the dadanswers.com where we just do good old-fashioned parenting stuff without any of the politics or the, the F and F word like this shady show gives you. All right, guys. So um, on with the show. Let me just tell you, at the moment, I'm a little bit frustrated. I, ha I had a rough one last night. And I'm recording here early in the morning. I'm still kind of feeling it. Last night, I, I got in a fight with the CEO of our company, right? So I'm, I'm the number two man. I sold my company to this company. They hired me to kind of run the company, but there's a guy above me. And we butt heads a lot uh, because he's a dumb, dumb head. But anyway, after the fight, I did grown man things to the bride. I took her. I had my way with her. I did what married couples do. And uh, daddy did his thing. And immediately after... I regretted my fight with the CEO immediately after relations with the bride. I regretted the fight with the CEO. So the, the, the moral of this and the point is, ladies, I know I know this show is mostly male listeners, but there are some ladies. Um, if you want a roof over your head and food in your bellies and clothes on your kids backs and you don't want to work 40 hours a week in some smelly, dingy office then you got to do your job and get that brain poison out of your man on the regular. Because that's what it is. It's brain poison. That stuff clouds our judgment. And, and, and if you don't know what I mean, what I mean is get on the peen and get it out of him. It will cloud his judgment. Men make bad decisions. They've been doing it for centuries. They've been starting wars for centuries, for millennia, because they're, they're backed up with baby seeds. These baby seeds, they fool us, they, they fuel us with gross, disgusting thoughts and rage and anger and violence because that's biology. That is what biology does. It fuels men to go out there and procreate and spread his seed. Wars have been fought over this. But, but ladies, like you've got all the power. You can easily take your man that that blood soaked grizzly bear and you can turn him into a cuddly little muppet just by just by a little jiggle wiggly of the piggle wiggle for 5 minutes a night you do that jiggle the piggle wiggle 5 minutes a night and that man will give you the world 
You can nag the shit out of him. You can tell him to take the trash out every day of the week and twice on Tuesday. Just jiggle the piggle wiggle. Jiggle the piggle wiggle. Everybody wins. He doesn't get fired. He doesn't fight with the CEO. You get fed. Your kids don't go to school barefoot. Everyone wins. Just jiggle the piggle wiggle, ladies. That's all I'm saying. I mean, all right. I mean, I don't really know what I'm saying. My friend had some leftover Xanax, and that's not typically my jam, but she gave it to me. I took it, and I have no regrets. I'm feeling loose, and I'm feeling nice. Jiggle the piggle wiggle. Um, my kids yesterday also got in a, just got in an idiotic fight. The kids just kids get in the most most idiotic fights of all time, and they're perfect examples. Kids are just little; they're tiny adults, right? And we try to we try to pretend and tell each other that kids are actually better people than adults. It's not true. Kids are inclined to be selfish because they have not yet become aware of the fact that that other people. Um, outside themselves matter. But my kids just do not know how to de-escalate an event. Like something tiny will happen and it will build into the worst thing ever. So yesterday, uh, the little one's crying. I'm like, why are you crying, dude? And he says, because brother's mean. How is he mean? He pushed me. Well, big brother, why'd you push him? Because he was poking me. Little brother, why'd you poke him? Because he was touching my leg with his pencil. I mean, it, it never ends. It's like, it's like you touched me, so I poked you. Then you pushed me, so I punched you. Then you kicked me in the balls. Then I shot you. Then you stabbed me. Then I dropped a bomb on us. Now we're all dead. Yay! And that's how the world works. And this is why nobody should have power. And maybe that seems ridiculous to you, but that's the truth. Most people don't learn to de-escalate a problem as children, and then as adults, they don't know how to de-escalate. People don't know how to say, I'm sorry. People don't know how to say, my bad. People don't know how to see that something went wrong and course correct. People don't know how to let things go. I am the MF and master of I'm sorry. Not because I'm wrong all the time. I'm probably wrong most of the time. I'm probably wrong all the time, let's be real. But I say I'm sorry. Why do I say I'm sorry? Am I sorry? Sometimes, most of the time, no. I say I'm sorry because I want to move the fuck on and de-escalate a situation. Teach your kids to say I'm sorry, right? Uh, okay, so what's going on in the news? I want to get into it with our guest. Um, but some fascinating things going on in the news right now. And I think that state media jumped the shark yesterday with with some of the tales they were spinning i mean they're trying to tell me they're trying to tell us that the cubans were revolting because they don't have access to the vaccine like yeah they're 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 gathered in mass in the streets jammed up against each other no masks because they're worried about covid or maybe it has something to do with they don't like being repressed by a communist regime and maybe our government doesn't want to tell us that because they're pushing us towards a communist regime. But whatever, what do I know? But inflation was the real story yesterday. They released the numbers and it's the highest it's been at in 30 years, 4.5%, right? And they've been telling us all year, Inflation around 2% is good. We want 2%. Well, now it's at 4.5% and it's going to keep growing. And they're still trying to spin this as a positive. They'll tell you that inflation means the economy is growing. 
Uh, okay. All right, buddy. All right. Yeah, Joe. I mean, I mean, like my ass has gotten bigger for the last 18 months in a row. I've gained 25 pounds. And so my ass is inflating. I guess that's good because I can sit on the toilet longer while taking a poo without my legs going numb. I mean, if you really want to spin something into a positive with backwards logic, you can do it. But inflation is not good. It's not good. It means, it means the money you have in the bank is becoming less valuable. It means things like the stock market keep going up, but not really, even though they're worth more dollars. It's not that those companies are worth more dollars. It's that those dollars are worth less dollars. I mean, look, when people started driving cars, gas was three cents a gallon. That wasn't that long ago. Three cents a gallon. Now it's increased more than 1,000%. 1,000, or do I mean 10,000%? Maybe 10,000%. not sure what I mean. It's gone from three cents to over $4. It's, that's not good. The money you have sitting in your shitty bank account, they tell you to save money. The money you have in that shitty bank account is getting about a quarter of a percent interest per year. So that money's actually losing purchasing value because inflation is almost 5%. So by putting, by, be, by being a good little American soldier and putting your money in a bank savings account, you lost money. So congratulations, you. It's, you know, if you're a Wall Street uh, billionaire, sure, inflation is cool. My stocks are climbing. Uh, the 17 houses I have of Martha's Vineyard, they're climbing, uh, you know, all that's climbing, but the price of milk and gas and beef, guess what? They're climbing too. So if you're Joe regular, like most of you guys, well, guess what? Too bad. Too bad. Oh, you're making $20 an hour and you already spend half of it on groceries. Too bad. Now you're going to spend 55% of it on groceries by next year, 75%. And, and, once they do finally admit this is bad, you know they're going to change the narrative like they always do. They're going to they're 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 going to say nobody saw this coming, right? Or I don't know what they're saying. They're blaming they're blaming on Trump voters most likely. And it's like I don't know, man, who possibly could have known that forcing businesses to close, printing 19 trillion dollars out of thin air and paying people to stay home would cause inflation? I mean, I don't know. Seems literally impossible to predict that. Who could have known? All right, guys. Um, great interview coming up. But of course, a word from our sponsor, theexpatmoneyshow.com, hosted by libertarian Mikhail Thorpe. And now he's got a kick-ass Facebook page called the Expat Money Forum, which you can find on Facebook. I linked to it on our page. Um, Given that my family is expatriating, I joined the forum and there's some great info there and some good chatter. And it's a private group at the moment because you know how Uncle Joe and Uncle Zuck don't like to let you talk about certain things. So it's private and we can exchange some good info here. In addition to the awesome Expat Money Show podcast, which drops a new episode every Wednesday, I told you at the top of, the, at the top of this show that it's the second best podcast in human existence to the Joe Rogan show, not to this show. Again, this show. Eh. Anyway, Mikkel also will consult with families looking to expatriate like our own. You can contact him through the website, expatmoneyshow.com, and he can help you get out of Dodge. If you want to do so, 
Get it taken care of now. Do it soon because flights are still affordable. And with inflation going like it is, soon it's going to be cheaper to make an airplane out of your dollar bills than it will be to buy a ticket. All right, guys. What else? I'm going to get into it with Clint. But let me first tell you that I've been getting a lot of messages. You guys are telling me to put this up on YouTube. There's extra, there's extra money that can be made there from advertising. And a lot of people don't want to listen to an audio. You want to watch it. So guess what? If you're on YouTube right now, you're looking at me. Are you pleasantly surprised? Are you disappointed? Did I feel all your dreams? I'm wearing a hat, which I don't normally do. I'm wearing a hat because as you all know, I got a mullet on the 4th of July, and I don't want my debut on YouTube to be showing the mullet. It was a little fun thing we did, but I'm going to kind of rock it all summer because the bride hates it, so it feels mandatory to keep it. Anyway, we're up on YouTube now, so check it out. Um, you also notice if you're looking that I have two microphones here. This one is for the audio. This one is for the video. I'm sure there's a way to do it with one microphone, um, but I'm a dummy. And yeah, I'm in, I'm, I'm in Mensa. This guy's in Mensa, certified genius, certified, Mensa says so. But no, I don't know how to do it. So if you know how, if you peasants know how, if you people outside the Mensa community know how to do that, please hit me up on madatthedadpresents.com or maybe one of you wants to work as my slave, <clears throat> I mean my apprentice, and uh, hit me up there, all right? Uh, and then when we start making real money, because right now we're making okay money but when we make real money i'll put some jingle jangle in your pocket all right so here it is the first ever dad presents episode number 111 or whatever this is on youtube uh where can you find it not really sure youtube just search the dad presents and clint for the liberty lockdown and i bet you find it all right guys go spread love and liberty and let's get into it all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we have fellow libertarian, fellow podcaster, Clint Russell from the Liberty Lockdown. Clint, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing, man? I'm good, Matt. Thank you for having me. I am hectically packing to get out of California, so this is a, a stressful time, really? but, but I got to do it. You're moving, huh? Yeah, born and raised here, man. It's, uh, it's heartbreaking to do, but Gavin, I hear Newsom, Gavin Newsom forced my hand, so here we go. I did not know that. Um, I'm not born and raised in California. I am in California. I've been here 20 years, and we too are packing and moving. So how about that? There you go. Well, I, I think that any liberty-minded people are kind of getting getting out of Dodge. Yeah. Let me. Uh, are you telling people where you're going? I don't know. That's uh, otherwise I would. I, oh, okay. I, I plan to travel through Texas, Tennessee, and Florida. And if any of those feel good, I'll I'll set up shop. And if none of them feel good, then I'm going to look outside the country. I'm going to. All find. right. Well, now would be an awesome time to plug one of our sponsors, the Expat Money Show. Yes. Uh, have you have you heard that show? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Mikkel, he sponsors our show. He's he's also a friend of mine, and we um, actually contracted his services. My family and he's helping us relocate to Panama. We actually go next week uh, for like a two week check it out type of thing and to get our our permanent visa. So it, it's happening. Yeah. Wow. Well, then you're you're a step ahead of me. I. I'm still not 100% committed to giving up on the mainland uh, U.S., but uh, it, it, may, it may come to that. We'll find out in the next couple of months. Yeah, it sucks. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean that's a, a natural roll into my first question, which is 
you know, for 20 years now, since 9-11, really, government's been, it's been dialing back our freedoms, invading our private space. And then since COVID hit, it's been, it's been chaos. They've been ramping it up and it's like, they're almost seeing how much they can get away with. And just as of yesterday, literally yesterday, I think even since you agreed to come on, I heard the news that now Democrats are talking about limiting disinformation that people send back and forth to each other on their, on their text messages, yep. which sounds completely bonkers to me. So I guess we're, we're leaving. You're talking about leaving. I feel like we've already moved past the, the point of no return. You know how the, how AOC always refers to the climate change and 12 years is when we go off a cliff. I kind of feel like this is that, but only real, like it's 1984. Is there, is, is there any hope for fixing things at this point in your opinion? Oh man. I, every day I wake up, I feel differently. Um, I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I, I hope I'm hopeful. I believe that there's still a spirit of freedom that lives in the majority of, you know, men and women's hearts in, in this country. Uh, but it's, it's been subdued. It's been scared into hiding. And I don't know, I don't know what it'll take to, to get it to come back out. And, and ultimately I think it's going to require that the people that believe in Liberty in this country, take a stand and, you know, I'm not a violent person at all, but if you're going to be forced into servitude, I think that that's either, you know, you're, you're in a fight or flight position and, and I'm trying to decide not so much if I'm willing to fight, but if there's enough people to right. fight alongside me, you know, and that's, that's yeah. why I'm considering the flight option, even though, you know, at, at my core, I'm much more of a fighter than I am a flighter. Uh, but I, I, I am also a pragmatist and I, I don't intend to fight a war. I have no chance at winning. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Exactly. And and you're talking about fight or flight and you're using words like like fight. And and I talk that way, too. I talk that way on this podcast. I talk that way to my friends. And now I'm starting to feel like with the way they've been cracking down on what happened after January 6th, awful, blah, 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 blah. It was terrible. But the way they've been cracking down, people have been in solitary confinement for for six months without being found guilty. Um, people are being arrested for things on social media. Like I'm starting to get hesitant about even the messages I'm willing to put out there for fear of retribution or, or personal attack. Like, especially when I heard that about the text message thing, like, do you, you know, you have a popular podcast, it's growing, it's a great podcast. Are you at all personally concerned about the messages you're putting out there? Sure. Yeah. I think uh, anybody that's talking about Liberty as tyranny, creeps into everyone's lives is putting themselves at danger. Um, I do it knowingly and I do it will, willfully um, and I do it gleefully. But I'm, I'm also a single man who's well off financially, who's not, you know, I don't have kids. Um, so I'm willing to risk a lot here. Uh, so that's, that's the reason that I do what I do. That's the reason I talk about what I talk about is that I realize that I'm in a, a really blessed position to be able to do so with only risking my own safety or security or life, um, or liberty. <laughs> so yeah. that's the reason I'm willing to do it. But I, I think you're absolutely right that this is, this is a, a real serious danger that they will increasingly, uh, imprison at a minimum, um, some of the people that are, are outspoken enough to stand up against this insane tyranny that we're experiencing. 
Yeah. So you hit two points that I think are worthy of mentioning. Number one, you said, you know, you're a single man and that does change it. Um, this is the dad presents. I'm a dad. It, it, it changes, it changes what you're willing to risk though. It doesn't mean I'm not willing to risk anything. Sure. Um, but also you said, you're not going to fight a fight by yourself that you can't win. And, and obviously, and I really thought um, when they started locking people in their homes, and it lasted more than two weeks. Or I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to say things that didn't happen. Nobody got locked in their home. But when they started saying, telling people they couldn't go to work, you can't uh, go to the bar and get a drink. You can't go to the corner mart and buy a sandwich. I thought. I thought people, especially in California, which has always been an independent, spirited state. That's why I moved here twenty years ago. I loved the spirit of California. I really thought people would push back. They didn't, and I think people are just very comfortable out here and in America in general, because we've been so blessed for so long. Um, and I just, I don't think comfortable people, you, we're, we're seeing uprisings in Cuba. People, people fight back when they're not comfortable. And I, I don't think we're going to reach that point where people start fighting back just because we're so comfortable. Do you think any kind of uprising or any kind of pushback is likely at all? I do. Uh, but, but the reason I have that faith is, is a dark one. Um, Okay. I believe that as a as a hard money lender and a mortgage broker for the past 15 years, uh, I've basically re- retired from that in- industry now. Uh, but my background gives me a, a very good understanding of economics and uh, financial risk. And I believe that we will see the death of the United States dollar uh, within, you know, certainly within my lifetime, probably within a decade or 15 years at, at a maximum. So that that w- will be the point where you see people in the streets in mass. And by then it's too late, you know. By then it's it's already kind of an every man for himself type situation, and and I don't really want to be here for that. Um, so that's yes, I do think I, I think you're absolutely right. The reason that people haven't revolted already is simply because they have Netflix and food delivered to their house, and and you know they get government stipends and checks and all sorts of welfare benefits to to keep them afloat, so that it's you know no one's starving here. It's mm-hmm. just that our liberty has been taken away. Um, yes. So that's, for most people, that's enough. That's enough to stay, even if you're upset about it, that's enough for most people not to want to fight. Um, yeah. So well, I think yeah. that's the reason. Yeah, no one's starving, but you take away the liberty and then you start starving them. I mean, yep. that's that's the order that goes in, right? Yes. So, yeah, you're talking about at the, the economy is likely what will spur that. And I, I believe you're right on that. And today, uh, the inflation numbers for June came out, and I believe it was 4.5%, which is the highest we've had since 1991. Um, and they're trying, they're trying to spin this as like a positive thing, like growth for the economy. And I mean, people are dumb. Maybe they're by that, whatever. Um, we've borrowed so much. We've, we're paying people now to stay home. Let, let's say that t- tomorrow, Joe Biden is replaced by Ron Paul right? 2008 prime Ron Paul. Would it even matter at this point? Is the dollar, is it even possible to save the dollar at this point? Yeah. I actually had this conversation on another show just yesterday. Um, okay. So yeah, I have a, I have a scripted answer for you. Well, uh, it. Yeah. I, I think that it is actually salvageable, but it would require, uh, you know, fiscal austerity in a way that the American people are, are simply not prepared for. I mean, you would have to cut benefits across the board, you would have to obviously lift lockdowns and never lock down again. Um, you would have to get everybody back to work. And then you would have to cut the military budget. You would have to cut everything. I mean, you would have to really cut to the bone and start to pay down the debt. Uh, even with interest rates as low as they are, it's still a backbreaking burden 
and interest right. rates are are artificially held low by the Federal Reserve manip- manipulating mm-hmm. them. So if they were to actually normalize, we're already bankrupt. I mean, we're approaching 30 trillion in national debt by the end of this year. We'll be at 40 trillion at a minimum by 2030, I would guess, probably north of 50 trillion. And at that point, the national debt, if you have an interest rate that's even reasonably uh, at a market level, you're super, super bankrupt, uh, to put it in non-technical terms. <laughs> I'm trying to not use profanity too. Uh, so yeah, I think that uh, that it is possible, but it would need populist will. And we don't yeah. have that. So it's not going to happen. So, so your specialty, you come from a, you come up from a mortgage and finance background, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the inflation, some people believe that the inflation causes assets to inflate. Um, well, let me rewind. You, you said we don't have the will for that. And, and herein lies part of the problem with democracy, frankly. Nobody's going to vote for the things you suggested to turn oh. off Medicare, to turn off uh, Social Security, to and military sp- spending at this point. Like, I, I hate the military. That's been my that's what got me into libertarianism. Sure. But at this point, I feel like our strong military is the only thing that's still holding the dollar together is the threat of America coming after you if you stop using dollars. Sure. Another discussion. But no politician is going to win with the message of what you just presented and they got to run every four years. So it's not, it's not going to happen. Nope. That's not going to happen. It's not. Well, that that's why, I mean, you asked me if, if it were Ron Paul, Ron Paul would actually, if he had got the mandate of a populist uprising and a vote to put him into power, I think he's the type of guy that could have sold it in a way that like, look, I was the one that told you about the 08 crisis. I am telling you what we're about to experience is going to be far, far worse. So we're going to tighten our belt now. We're going to come together. We're going to suffer a little bit, but ultimately we're going to have a brighter tomorrow. I think it could be sold if you had the right leader, Um, but ultimately, you know, he's, he's not coming around. Uh, Dave Smith, as much as I love him is very unlikely to be elected, even if he runs uh, on the libertarian ticket. So I think ultimately it's going to be a, a populist right winger, um, versus a you know Marxist leaning leftist or a neoliberal uh, corporate Democrat that that gets the the twenty twenty four vote in in which case yeah our economic fate is sealed so that's that's my belief yeah hundred percent I I um, did a show on election day and I I predicted exactly that that the next election will be a populist leftist and a populist right, right. like somebody like Donald Trump but all the things that they accuse Donald Trump of being you know like. Mm-hmm. Further yeah, the, to the right, the really scary version yeah. of the right. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. This guy, Ron Paul. I don't know if you can see that. Um, he's he's still putting that message out there. He has a he has a, a podcast like oh, yeah. the rest of us, and uh, he's still putting that message out there. And it's a shame people don't latch onto that message. You mentioned Dave Smith. I think right now he's seriously. I mean, he's a comedian, but he. I think he's he's the best voice we have for liberty because he's he's unafraid and he's a very skilled debater. No, he's not going to become the president but it would be amazing to see him on a debate stage with joe biden and, and mitt romney that would be amazing i would love to see that happen it'd be astonishing if it could happen i don't think they'll let that happen but i think that the the hope is with dave getting the nomination for the lp would be that he he's taken seriously he gets he gets segments on you know the big blue pill talking head shows like cnn and nbc and abc maybe good you know the morning shows things like that dave smith on that circuit would be earth shattering. Yes. I mean, he, he would really, he would really shake some people up. So that, I think that's the best we can hope for. If he gets on the debate stage, 
anything can happen. I mean, if, if he were to get on the debate stage with Joe Biden and, and Trump or whoever it ends up being, that would be astonishing. But uh, I'm not, right. not holding my breath for that one. Right, right. I'm okay. Get, getting back to real estate, your, your area of expertise. So it, I'm, I'm not a, a finance guy, but I, I read a lot and I try to understand it. And I've been personally for about a decade now moving my asset. I, I started a business, I sold the business and I took that money and I, I try to put it into assets because I feel massive inflation also inflates the value of the dollars. Like it's better in those assets than it is in dollars. Are you more safe with your money in real estate than you are with it in dollars or does it just not even matter? Well, see, this is the issue is that real estate is so heavily predicated on interest rates that it is it is largely tied to the um, the Fed's response to everything. So I don't, I don't feel like it's a good exit strategy simply because if the Fed opts to defend the dollar or right now in, in the Congress, there is a debate over suspending the debt ceiling once again. Mm-hmm. It, it expires July 31st. They had suspended it for two years. Right. If, they, if they don't extend that, we will have effectively defa- uh, defaulted on our national debt. So I think that they will extend it, obviously, because they they're will. cowards and they're, you know, they don't do anything for us. But um, that, that, is, that is the black swan event that makes any sort of investment in, in inflation-hedged assets perilous. And, and libertarians in particular are very blind to this because they're so convinced, and I'm, I'm one of you guys, so I'm not you know, talking down to anybody. I'm just saying that there is always the potential that the Federal Reserve and the, the, the United States government decides to defend the dollar. And the way they would do that is by increasing interest rates. Yeah. And if they increase interest rates, we will end up in a deflationary death spiral that will make 08 look like a freaking, you know, <laughs> a party. Yeah. Um, so if you're right. gonna if you're gonna hedge against inflation with real estate, that's okay. But you also need to have cash to buy the dip in case there's an implosion. So I, I think hedging both ways makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I can completely wrap my head around that. That that's my understanding of it as well. I just I don't think they will lower or raise interest rates, I just, or at least not significantly. I mean, they have to a little bit, but I don't see it going up to like eight, nine, ten percent. Well, the, this wrong. is this is the the counter argument is that if inflation gets to a point because it's already creeping up to five percent, and that's according to them, you know, mm-hmm. God knows what it actually is. So right. if if it gets into the double digit territory, you'll see people in the streets then because people that are on fixed incomes won't be able to afford their medicine, their food, what they're they're accustomed to lifestyle wise. This is what we're talking about with comfort. You know, if people lose that comfort because inflation gets so out of hand, I wouldn't bet against the Fed doing it. I really wouldn't. Um, and if they do, I think they'll overshoot as they always do, and they'll mm-hmm. collapse the economy. Um, so that's that's the risk. I mean, and it's a real one. So I, I think that it's, it's terrifying. People yeah. are not paying attention. No. It, it's really terrifying. What I, every libertarian who comes on the show, I ask, I ask them about uh, crypto. What? How do you feel about crypto? I mean, I I, I called it to be in a bubble. In uh, December, I was about two months early, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love crypto, so don't don't get me wrong. Calling it a, in a bubble just means that I believe that it was overly inflated. It was a speculative rise that got out of hand. Um, but I'm I'm a big believer in Bitcoin. I think that it's a it's a great hedge for true apocalyptic scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, I would encourage people. You know, this isn't none of this is financial advice, obviously, but I would encourage people to hedge. Uh, you know, and have some. At the ready in case you have to flee. It's it's one of the most portable assets you can own. 
Um, it's one of the most readily exchangeable now, even though you can't use it to really purchase your, your, your goods and your items. Um, it's, it's able to be converted into local currencies pretty much anywhere on the planet. So I think that it's worth having. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've had some libertarians on here, um, who don't like it, don't believe in it. And to me, whether, whether you, you think it's going to inflate or deflate or whatever, it's, it's the ultimate libertarian move for finance, like deregulation of, of our money. I mean, what yeah. got us into this problem in the first place is the federal reserve. It takes them right out of the equation. So I don't know how any libertarian can't embrace crypto, but some, some don't. Well, I, I can, I can relate to them because I'm, I'm an old money guy. You know, I, I learned, uh, through conventional real estate investing. And, and it took me 10 years to really wrap my head around cryptocurrency. So I understand people's hesitancy. I mean, there, there is a lot of questions. It's a very complicated topic. Like why, why is Bitcoin so far superior to all these other ones, even though their codes are very similar and you have to explain the network effect and all sorts of things. I mean, it's a very complicated topic. So I don't blame people for having hesitancy. I think that the market has proven it to have worth, genuine worth. Now, what that what that amounts to in an exchange rate for U.S. dollars, time will tell. I mean, we don't know, and it's going to change as as the dollar either becomes worthless or or it deflates. In which case, you should see a real bear market in crypto space. So, um, I think that it's it's an amazing innovation. Decentralization of money is what we desperately need. Yeah. Whether or not Bitcoin will be that answer, I think time time will still tell. We don't know for sure yet. Time will, yeah. Time will, we're we're all mostly guessing. That's why I, I try to spread it around real estate, some gold, some Bitcoin, pretty much anything but dollars. Yeah. Um, you had a, you had a, a tweet last night, actually, that I thought was pretty great. Um, Cause it kind of summarizes the, the whole problem with the whole problem with, with society right now, I think is people they're tribal. They get on team Democrat or they get on team Republican. It's, it's their only two choices. And then they just repeat the same talking points they, they hear on cable news. They're very tribal. And then if, if they're Republican for this, they're Republican for the 99 other things and vice versa with the Democrats. And, it prov- and then when the Democrats and the Republicans unite on something, and the only thing they usually unite on is things like raising the debt ceiling or going to war, right? You, or, or a bailout. When they unite, when, when they agree, that's when you're getting fucked. That's when the American people are getting fucked. When they agree, you're getting fucked. You <laughs> tweeted yesterday that you said, in quote, police aren't bad. They just need more funding, referring to Democrats, or, uh, referring to Republicans. And then you said schools aren't bad. They just need more funding, referring to uh, Democrats, meaning that neither party wants to stop spending money and running us into this hole. They just want you to spend the money where they want it. Mm-hmm. And that's the entire problem. That's how we went from no debt to what are we at now? Like close to 30 trillion. I mean, that's a perfect summary of it. Yeah. They, they both believe in socialism, just in different, different exactly. uh, color shades. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, this is the, this is the reason that we need a libertarian movement that's meaningful is because there is no, there is no Liberty party. I mean, it doesn't, it's not even close to existing. And, and there's this big paleo libertarian movement that wants to get libertarians to abandon the LP and, and start to go vote for Republicans again. And I'm like, have you guys not learned your lessons? These people don't do anything for us. Like, why are we going to continue to pretend that they're going to be better for us? It, it's, I mean, can I can I acknowledge that that Biden was worse for the liberty movement than Trump? Sure, I can acknowledge that. But like, did it actually help us in the long run? Like, are we are on a fast path to tyranny, mm-hmm. and 
and it, no, neither of the parties are slowing us down or no. slowing it down. So it's like, I, I just, I don't know when people will abandon the duopoly and start to actually think for themselves and realize that like, we have to have revolutionary change if we're going to prevent uh, an absolute dystopic nightmare. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Trump Trump said some things that you could get behind. He would say them. But the fact of the matter is he he spent more than any president in American history. He didn't stop any of the wars. And, and he um, let us get locked down. That's what I was going to say. He he badmouthed the lockdowns, but he didn't stop it. He should have no. he should have, you know, called that out. That's a violation of liberty. You cannot do that to these people. He didn't do yep. that. And he empowered uh, Fauci, who was mm. I mean, just an absolute disaster. He he was the main reason that Fauci was on that stage and Trump kept him on there despite all of his, you know, protestations and everything else. He would say, "Oh, I don't agree with, you know, some of this and some of that." And then he would bring Fauci up to indoctrinate the people again. It's like, "Well, I I'm sorry, but I'm going to put some of that blame on Trump." And I don't understand the Republicans that are unwilling to do that, especially the ones that are super anti-lockdown. It's amazing how they're able to compartmentalize and be like, "No, Trump didn't like it." It's like, "He was the president." Yeah. What are we talking about here? How are you not going to give him some of the onus, you know? Well, yeah. Well, again, they're that's the team they're on. That's why. I mean, yeah, I, I can't I can't really you can't explain the things Trump said versus what he did other than either they have a tape of him peeing on hookers <laughs> in Russia, or he's just not who he makes himself out to be. Right. It's one of those. Right. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't think he, he actually has compromise on him or anything like no. that. I, I think he's just an unprincipled dude. That's, yeah. that's my honest opinion of him. Yeah. 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 I, I said, when he was elected, I said to my Democrat friends, I'm like, look, all this guy's a narcissist. All he wants is to be loved. If you guys embrace him, you can get him to do the things that you want. Like he's yep. not, he's not really on, he's on team Trump. That's the team he's on, but let's not, let's not dig up Trump. Um, <laughs> the the thing with the, the spending, right? Like it came out recently how Jeff Bezos and these other billionaires, they get out of taxes and everybody can get mad at that. Republicans, Democrats all get mad at that. Libertarians don't so much get mad at that, but it is kind of infuriating that he doesn't necessarily pay his fair share. But you're not going to get Jeff Bezos to pay his fair share because what people don't get is that Jeff Bezos, and I'm using him as an example for the system, he writes the tax law, right? So when the taxes get increased, you're just taking money out of my pocket and putting it in his. Yeah. He's never going to pay his, his fair share. So why can't compassionate liberals who, who, who believe that we should turn up taxes to help the poor, number one, why can't they see that Giving them handouts doesn't help, but okay, that's a different matter. But why can't they see that you're never going to get that money from Jeff Bezos? It's not going to happen because of the way the system's set up. Like, how do we get that message clear? Yeah, well, I've I've had this argument. I had it on the Fourth of July when, with one of my leftist friends, and and you know, I ke- I kept going back to, look, unless you shrink the size of the government, you're never going to get corruption out of it because there's too much money to be made by buying off politicians. So if, if the Federal Reserve and the United States government's budget equates to 10 or 15 trillion a year or whatever it amounts to being, there is going to be people willing to kill for that money. Yeah. I mean, forget about lying and, and being scumbags. They will literally murder to get yeah. that money. So, oh, yeah. so I, might, I might take out a couple of my neighbors for $10 trillion, yeah, exactly. given the opportunity. So, so your only option is to decentralize and, and diminish the strength of the federal government and diminish the federal budget itself. And, and at that point, you might, you might be able to offset some of the corruption. So but what did your buddy say when you laid it out like that? I, I bet I can guess, but what did he, what did he say? What was his comeback? God, what did he say? Um, oh, he just said basically, no, I think we can get corruption out of government. 
you know, he's like, and I'm just like, wow, you're, you're unbelievably optimistic. <laughs> you know, like he did, they just, they just stick to it. But the people who need to make the laws to get the corruption out of government benefit from the corruption in the government. Yes. Right. Like hundred percent. And the people, the people that are going to get on the debate stage are bought and paid for from jump street. So like your, your choice is going to be between two corrupt people because the system is at its core, extraordinarily corrupt and bought and paid for. So I don't, I don't know why it's so hard to convey. Like it, it was funny because we kept going back and forth. I kept saying, look, I agree with you. Big business is a problem, but the reason big business is a problem is because it's in bed with government. And the yes. government is is a problem because it's so big and now it's in bed with business. I mean, we exist in a fascistic nightmare. Mm-hmm. And and like only the libertarians seem to grasp that or understand what actually has to happen. And we have a movement called Antifa <laughs> right. in this country and right. they can't they can't wrap no. their head around it. It's incredible. No. Yeah, they don't even get it. Yeah, y- when when Twitter and Facebook started uh, before the election started um, uh, censoring people, I got censored. I got kicked off of Twitter several times. I got locked out of Facebook. We have we have a, a following of seventy thousand on Facebook. They locked me out several times. They Man. took away my white right to advertise. Um, all kinds of stuff. I would bring it up to to my my buddies, my Demo- you know a lot of Democrats out here in California, and I would say this is this is censorship. And they'd say, well, it's not censorship because private it's business. Private, biz- private business, <laughs> but they're not private business. Like they get money from government. They get special exemptions from government and they control government because they're in everybody's pocket. Like it's not, it's not private business. No. I run a private business. I don't get any, I don't get any special tax breaks. I'm not in any senator's pockets. I run a private business, right? Facebook is not a private business. And nope. people can't make the connection between how they're 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 together. Yeah, I know all, all in one. And it's so, it, to me, it's so obvious. But it it's really, I mean, that's that's one thing we we really need to get better on is conveying that message to people is that these are not private businesses. And the you know the libertarians were guilty, and I still see libertarians that are guilty of this of running cover for Twitter or Facebook as they nuke account after account after account, and it's like. These aren't private businesses. If you just because the the money is dark, I mean, because a lot of it is. Let's be honest. Like, if if you don't believe that the CIA has uh, financial ties and contracts with YouTube and F and uh, of course uh, do. F- Facebook and Twitter to to suppress speech that's anti-government, you're out of your mind. I mean, it's right. it's so obvious that that's what they're doing. Uh, but until until we have like a smoking gun, I think what, I think what it's going to require is a whistleblower. And and honestly, even yeah, but we've it, already had that, right? Uh, we've already I'm had that. Say. Yeah, it's even right even right. with Snowden, even after Snowden, it's like you can't you can't get people to wake up. Like the, no. I think I think there's there's a level of apathy that comes with like knowing how corrupt and broken the system is. That we get. I mean, the news yesterday. You should have you should have seen riots yesterday when when it just was like in passing. We got notified that all of our text messages are being read. Because yeah. that's what they're saying. They're yes. saying they're going to put they're going to put notifications. Basically, if you're sending misinformation about the V word, um, I mean it's <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, that that yesterday's news to me so far was the biggest one, and I'm like, well, if the, if people aren't going to start caring now, they're they're just not going to care. Like they're going to literally limit what you can say to your friends. Yeah, we're not even talking about social platforms anymore. We're talking about one-on-one conversations. So you you, you brought up the V word va- vaccine, right? <laughs> um, 
not even allowed to really talk about it anymore. But and I'm not going to ask you if you've been vaccinated. None of my goddamn business. Um, but I'll tell you, I haven't, and I won't. Okay, be. <laughs> I'm not either. I'm not either, and I almost gave in just because I'm getting it. It's just getting harder and harder, and that's what they want to do. And um, then I was like, no, you know what? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold strong here. I gotta, I gotta do what's right. If everybody starts giving in, they win. Yeah. Um, anyway. How do you think it's going to go? What do you think is going to happen when government starts rolling up door to door like they say they're going to do? They, like, they already started doing it. I think it was North Carolina. I saw a video of it today. Really? So, yeah. I mean, it's already happening and they're going around and they're offering the vaccine as if people don't know about it already. I mean, it's the most absurd, ridiculous thing ever. Like, like we were locked in our houses for a year and we're not aware that you came up with a cure for it. Come on. Like, of course, everybody knows. Anybody that wants to have this thing is is getting it right now or already has it. So there is a third of this country that flat out doesn't want it. And I don't blame them because those are the people that are actually critically thinking that are evaluating the efficacy and the safety and their risk level and everything else yeah. on their own. And God bless those people. And if you're going to threaten those people with you know removing additional liberties uh, because they're, they're unwilling to play ball with your fucking insane game, mm-hmm. uh, I, I stand with those people and I will fight with those people 100%. if they want to because it is, it is absolute evil. I mean, this is, this is a core American principle. You cannot put something in my body against my will, period. Mm-mm. And I, I just can't believe that there's not more outrage. The fact that people are probably half of the country would be okay, would be okay with me being forcibly held down and injected with something. I mean, that is, that's just not the country I grew up in, man. I, it really isn't. I can't mm. believe it. Yeah. People only seem to believe in the freedoms for the things that they believe in to begin with. Right. Right. So, yeah, like uh, people don't believe, you know, you talk about abortion or you could talk about um, the right to smoke pot or any any freedom. People only most people only believe in those freedoms as it extends to themselves. Right. Um, Says. Yeah. um, Yeah. I come from a healthcare background. That's what my business was in. I'm pro vaccine. I've always been pro vaccine. It's a a miracle. It's why the population is 7 billion now compared to 1 billion at the start of the last century. Right. Right. It's because of vaccines. Um, But I really don't like fucking being told what to do. No. Um, If they would have not done all that, I probably would have gotten it. But then you, you do the research and you're like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not old. I'm not young, but I'm not old. I'm in good shape. I work out every day. This, this thing is not a, a threat to me. So why am I going to put in this experimental medicine? And then you start talking about my kids, my kids, 11 and nine, you want to vaccinate my kids? Like I will, I, that's when the other things that they want to take away with the second amendment, that's when they come out. <laughs> yeah. No vaccinations for my children. It's, yeah. it's literally a non-threat to them, a non-threat. Like yeah, it, a better chance of drowning in our hot tub. Yeah, probably a significantly higher chance. And and that's my that's my whole issue with it. It's like it's this isn't an anti-vax debate. This no. is this is a debate about principles and and whether or not I have human autonomy that I get to decide what goes in and out of my body. Like this is a base level right, and you cannot break it. And I will absolutely die before you forcibly inject me with something. Like that's where I'm at with it. So. Yeah. Sorry, sorry that that sounds radical, but that's that's a hundred percent how I feel, and I'm going to be honest about it. So yeah. they can decide what they want to do, right? And they always they change the narrative. So, so we've been right. I mean, I listened to your podcast. You've been largely right for the last year and a half. I I, I don't know if you listen to mine, but I've been right too. We've been right for the last year and a half on 
every talking point. So instead <laughs> of conceding those talking points, they changed the narrative to you people are COVID deniers, which right. was never the case. It was never the, I mean, there, there's a few COVID deniers out there. I'm sure there's also people who believe that Hillary Clinton is eating babies at a pizza shop and that Donald Trump peed on a hooker and there's a tape of this. There's people who believe some crazy shit, <laughs> right. but that's a tiny minority. People mm-hmm. who are out there resisting this vaccine, it's not because they're COVID deniers. Yeah. And, and that's, how, that's, how they, that's how they turn everybody against a certain group. They give them a name, call them something silly, put it out there in the mainstream media. And it's very unfortunate. Yeah, well, the, and it's, I believe it's intentional. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's muddying the waters. You're, you're attempting to uh, subvert genuine dissent. Because mm-hmm. if we can't, if we come off like we're, we're wahoos because we're talking about Pizzagate and all this other stuff, when there's actually Jeffrey Epstein and there mm-hmm. is actually right. child sex trafficking that occurs at, at the highest level of our governments. Yeah, like just facts. Those are facts. Yeah. And then, and then there's also like there is a virus and it's serious, but it's not very serious for young and healthy people. And it's like you have to have the capacity for some level of discernment. And, and nuance when it comes to this stuff. And that's not allowed. You're not allowed to have nuance anymore. The censorship no. regime has, has decided we are not allowed to, to look at any of these topics with nuance. And I refuse. And I'm going to continue to do it until you nuke me because that's, yeah. that's where I'm at. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Well, they like, they like uh, giving new definitions to old words. And I'm sure nuance by now is racist also. <laughs> yeah, I don't know officially, but, but probably. <laughs> and and they talking about changing the narrative, right? In Cuba right now, we have an uprising. The, the citizens of Cuba are rejecting communism. That's happening right now. Yep. But they're spending the story to make this about Cuba. Cubans are upset that they can't get the vaccine, right? Yep. And people are buying that bullshit. Like, that's not what's going on over there right now. <sighs> yeah. They, I mean, you can see them. They, they, they have like anti-communismo on, on their flags and stuff. And I mean, I haven't seen any of them shouting for vaccines during the protest. So no. I, it's it's amazing how how naive people are, but I, I hope I hope honestly I hope that it's not that many people that are buying that narrative, uh, but I who knows I mean there might be millions. Oh, they're buying it. They're yeah. buying it. I have a friend who's buying it. He's a very smart guy. He actually he actually works in local government, and he's hook line and sinker. Wow. I don't know if he if he really buys it, but he, he you know he's in LA City Council, and yep, he buys it. That's devastating. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, getting back to the Fed. Because you know you know about that stuff. I talk about finance a lot. I talk about the Fed, even though I'm not an expert like you. But I understand where it came from. I recently read um, the monster from Jekyll Island, or the creature from Jekyll. Yeah, Island. I, re- I read that. The author's coming on, um, enlightening book. I, I recommend you get everybody. G. Edward Griffin on. Awesome. Yeah, he's going to come on. Um, but um, when I talk about it on the show, I, I noticed. Well, I, I published a show in clips on Facebook because we have a bigger Facebook audience than anywhere else. So I'll put up like a five-minute clip here, a five-minute clip there. When I'm talking about the Fed or the economy, people tune out. Like it, it bores them. Maybe, maybe I put it out in a boring way, but do, do you talk about it often and do people identify with that message? I think the problem for the libertarian realm is that Ron Paul kind of made his name on it. So it's kind of old news to libertarians. And then it's a conspiracy theory to the normies. Like that's that's how it's viewed. Um, but the truth is, it's it's true. I mean, it's the gr- it's the greatest conspiracy ever pulled off in human history, and it can and it persists to this day. And if I can't get people to be interested in that, then I'm failing. 
I mean, I have to do a better job. That's how I view it because it is a unbelievably compelling topic. I mean, I the fact so. that they, they manipulate the, the global reserve currency, the main mechanism for exchanging monetary value on this planet. And I can't get you to be like, Hey, let me listen to this guy. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. um, I spent, I, I was on Tim pool on Timcast IRL and I spent a full hour just ranting about the, the federal reserve. Did, did it turn some people off? Probably. Um, but I think it's the most important thing. It is, it is the absolute genesis for 99% of what ails this society. So yeah. I'm going to continue to rail against it. Whether or not it's popular, I don't know. <laughs> to answer your question, yeah, um, I, I guess I guess you said it best. I'm 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 failing because I'm not making it very. I think part of the problem is it's it's not simplistic. People want simple, short answers. It's a complex. It's a you know as far as as talking about how they redefine words, they redefined conspiracy. Like they made conspiracy into a word where this is uh, something that cuckoos talk about. But right. a conspiracy is when two or more people get together and conspire to pull off something massive. And that's what the federal reserve was, right? Yes. It was a conspiracy. Yeah. You it was like, need to say it was a true conspiracy. It was a conspiracy that happened. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, that, that's the brilliance of what the CIA does where they, I mean, they labeled it the, a conspiracy theory because they knew that they had conspiracies that they needed to cover up. So if you get people to think of the phrase, conspiracy always to be paired with theory and it to have a, a connotation of falsity of mm -hmm. untruth then mm -hmm. you can actually get people to overlook true conspiracies yeah and that's and that's what that's what we have here is a, a you know the i genuinely believe this. it's the greatest conspiracy in the history of the world and it can and it persists 110 years later and no one talks about it i mean yeah. that's that's astonishing well you sound like you need to take your tinfoil hat off honestly <laughs> nope nope i'm just gonna tighten it up i don't care i actually um, i got to i got to wear alex jones tinfoil hat on on tinfoil right. so that was that was pretty oh cool. that's awesome that's awesome um when were you on that i didn't catch that one uh, about six weeks ago okay i'll look it up very yeah. cool i mean that's a that's a giant platform that that had to be good for your show yeah that was um, massive what one so let's talk about the liberty movement that's what we're trying to push um it's it's been rocky this year to say the least, and I I've I've kind of evaluated. And I think one of the biggest problems with the Liber Liberty Party is that it's made up of of guys like you and myself, nonconformists, right? So when people hate conformity, I hate it above like almost all things. That alone makes it it makes it hard to get people on on like a team message. I think. I yes. think. No, you're totally right. So so how do we? get people to unify like what do we what do we have to do what do you think we have to do you're you're president of the liberty party what do we do um i really think it's important to convey the risk that we're in um i i know that fear sells and and there's an abundance of genuine fear that i have in my soul that i can talk about that that really gets people involved um so i think that's actually a good tactic i think you have to pair that fear that genuine fear you don't have to you don't have to exaggerate uh, but you need to be honest with people. You pair that fear with uh, solutions and optimism and hope because that's yeah. what you need to get people to stay motivated because you can't just scare people to death and then have them, you know, shit in their pants. Like yeah. that, that doesn't help either. So you have to, you have, oh, to get them to, you have to get them to identify the problem so that they get fired up about it. And then you have to give them answers so they can actually do something about it. So yeah. that that's the, that's you're my right. Point. 
You're right. And it's, it's a shame. Like people are more attracted to a negative message than a positive one. And that's just the fucking reality. Like uh, Tucker Carlson, I never watched Tucker Carlson in my life because I was under the mindset that Fox News is full of shit. And mostly they are, mostly they are. And Tucker Carlson's full of shit sometimes too. But in the last year and a half on mainstream media, nobody's done it better than him. And I, I started listening. Phenomenal. Yeah, I was, I was home in Pennsylvania with my, my family. My dad watches and I watched and he was talking about COVID. This is January 2020 and he's yeah. already talking about COVID. So I got masks for my family for our flight back. And I've been listening to him ever since. He's, he's, he's kind of been on point and his audience is growing. But I think his audience is growing because he scares the shit out of people. Right. That's true. So people will latch on. You're right. They will latch on to a negative message and maybe negativity Maybe negativity is the way to, to build some steam. I don't well, know. That's that's how you get people to galvanize because it, or give them the urgency necessary to get off their couch and go do something is you really you really drive home. This is urgent. It's imminent. This is what's going to come down the path. Like if you can do that, if you can actually convey that in a way, but don't bullshit them. You got to be telling the truth because if you're lying, you'll you'll lose them too. So once you get them inspired and, and motivated and, and kind of grasping what they're up against, that that'll if you if you can sell it on the fact that this is bigger than us as individuals. This goes back to your point about how individuals are tough to wrangle and get us all moving in the same direction. If you can actually convey that this is an issue bigger than my own individual capacity, and it is, it is bigger than me. So mm-hmm. this is the reason that I do my show. It's probably why you do yours. Even though we're individualists, we still want to reach people and we want to we want to work with people because I do. I want to work with people. I need to. I, this is way bigger than what I can handle. So. I think that that's how you sell it is like you can still you can still maintain your individual drive and your individual beliefs and principles, but we need to come together on these handful of things or else we're going to lose all of our capacity to maintain our individuality. Um, and I don't think any libertarian wants that. So that's how I handle it. I don't who knows if it has any efficacy, but I'm working on it. No, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. That's how you wrap them in. And you have to. uh but a key is, yeah, you can't, you can't lie. You can't even really exaggerate Mm-mm. because that brings up people's bullshit detector yep. detectors. Yeah. Unfortunately, you don't have to exaggerate because <laughs> it is fucking horrifying. Well, the, yeah, <laughs> but I guess exaggerates the wrong word. When you tell the truth right now, it sounds a little insane. If you're not coming from the same True. place we're coming from, if you're coming, if you've been a lifelong Democrat and oh, you're, yeah. and, and all you do is watch CNN, and then you jump on the Liberty Lockdown podcast for an episode, you're going to be like, this guy's out of his mind, right? Yeah, so, totally. yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's a fine line to walk, but I think we are building steam. Um, one more thing I want to I get to, and, and that we're running out of time. And appreciate you coming on. Good conversation. Yeah, it was a um, blast. You, uh, you caught a little heat recently for having Thaddeus Russell on. Um, I, I've actually invited Thaddeus Russell to be on my show. I haven't haven't heard back. I like Thaddeus. I don't agree with everything he says. I don't sure. agree with anything anyone says, really. Frankly, I don't agree with half the shit. I I probably don't agree with 10% of the stuff I say. You know what I mean? <laughs> like to I don't understand where we got how we got to the point where we have to you can only um, put people on your platform who are ideologically pure. It's super disappointing, man. It really is. I, I like uh, first off, I think that Thaddeus Russell's a very deep, critical thinker, and I think he's got a got a ton of great ideas. Um, the the issue I had him on for was age of consent. I don't I don't fully agree with his assessment, 
Um, but I do think that there is something to be said for the fact that we have too many people incarcerated that are not a danger to society. And yeah. that, that should be a libertarian principle that we can, we can kind of come together on. But instead of being able to have that conversation, and by the way, I had Eliza Blue on to open up that episode, who's probably the biggest human sex trafficking advocate and survivor to try and give both sides of this discussion. And they, mm-hmm. they were able to get along. So like, if you can have her and Thaddeus, who's, who's talking about this stuff that up, upset the Twitter world, um, if they can come together on this topic, then why can't you? Like, it, it right. just seems, it seems very, I mean, this is, this is where the, the tribalistic nature of libertarians comes in is that they, they would rather virtue signal. I really believe mm-hmm. that yeah. they would rather, they would rather say, I don't want to have a conversation on this topic and you shouldn't have a conversation with him either. And if you do wood chipper go burr. I mean, this yeah. is, this is how they, they talk about it. And it's like, look, I am not at all running cover for pedophilia. I think right. it's a, one of the most evil things you can possibly do. Um, so, but I'm also, I think it, I think it's also extraordinarily evil to imprison and then put people on watch lists for the rest of their lives, even though the, you know, they peed at a, uh, you know, a, a, a playground when they were drunk one night and right. now they're on this watch list for the rest of their lives. I mean, this is yeah. madness. So like we have to be able to have some nuance again, as I keep going back to like, let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically you just called some libertarians woke, I think. And I don't think yeah. you're, you're wrong about that. Um, but we got to be able to talk about anything, whether it's yeah. pedophile, pet pedophilia, or, you know, eating, eating your neighbor, whatever, whatever the thing is, we need to be able to like openly discuss it. Like when you shut down discussion, which is what we've, we've had from the top. And now what we're seeing from our friends, when you shut down discussion, that's when society gets in trouble. It's really that first, that freedom of speech and the, the right to bear arms. It's really what protects the entire thing. And this is what we've been railing about all year long is that big tech is censoring us. And yet we're now going to censor each other. I mean, yeah. this is this is unbelievably self-defeating. So I will I will absolutely fight against that that urge. I will completely disregard or block anybody that comes after me with that kind of mentality. Because if you're a liberty-minded person and you're pushing for deplatforming, you have gone a you have gone astray. Like you have yeah. lost the plot. Well, you're um, not so, a liberty person. You're just yeah, not. or Why that. Not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one one or the other. Right. Right. All right. Well. Appreciate you coming on and, and, and you're, you're brave for having people on like that. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad there's people like you out there doing it. Um, again, everybody, Liberty Lockdown, check it out. It's a great show. If you like this show, you're going to love that one. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah, great to meet you, Matt. It was a blast.